Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we have other songs from the NPG Music Club. Oh, I thought you were just going to stop at other songs, (laughs) which Here's a collection of other songs. You mean we're not going to just do songs that we did last time again? (laughs) No. We might have different opinions. (laughs) Well, we probably have different things to say about them this week than we did last week, but that's always true of any song that we would cover, so... That's true. Yeah. But today, we have other songs that weren't included in the compilations of The Chocolate Invasion or The Slaughterhouse... Right. ...that were also released on the NPG Music Club. Correct. Yes. There are some orphans. Yes. That's a good way to look at them. So... NPGmusicclub.com replaced NPGonlineltd.com in February of 2001. I remember it like it was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And now NPGmusicclub.com redirects to an Amazon search for prints. Really? If you type it in, it redirects you to Amazon with a generic prints search. Interesting. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I guess Bezos <laughs> bought it. I wonder why they wouldn't have it redirect to prints.com. Well, if prints didn't... Maybe they didn't uh, renew, renew the domain. Yep. Yeah, then... Uh, Let's do a little who is search and see who owns it. Okay. Name.com Inc. So it appears to not be something that the estate owns anymore. Right. Uh, That makes sense to me. Prince was like, what do I need it anymore for? Well, certainly he doesn't need NPGonlineltd.com. Right. The worst (laughs) domain ever. (laughs) Yes, a very silly interesting but it, i just thought i wonder what's there now thinking that it would redirect me to the estate website yeah no no amazon interesting yeah uh you can tell that these are 20 or so years old because uh-huh. uh who today would register a domain name with the word online in it yeah <laughs> that's captain obvious yes okay <laughs> Uh, initially, for the music club, there was a $100 annual subscription fee. That was true for the first three years. In 2004, the annual subscription was lowered to $25. And you got what you paid for. Yes, that is quite true. And then the website very abruptly closed mm-hmm. on July 4th, 2006. And the only notice, and I'm going to put notice in quotes that anybody had that it was going to come to an end was that they stopped allowing new member signups in the few weeks leading up to its closing completely. Right. Yeah. And then we got a Prince Bonnix email about how the website in its current form, the number four Uh M I think (laughs) (laughs) has, has reached its, I don't know, capacity or reached its, I forget how they worded it. Essentially, we've done everything that we set out to do, so we're going to close it now. Uh-huh. We fulfilled our purpose. 
Who needs it anymore? That's right. We look forward to the exciting things in the future. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. All right, so let's dive into the music. Okay. The All first right. song, My Medallion. That's right. Now, this was later included on a version of, which is it? The Chocolate, Chocolate Invasion. Invasion. Uh, replacing the dance. Mm-hmm. On title. Right. Yes, when it went to streaming. Correct. Uh, it's believed that it might not have been included on the Chocolate Invasion initially because it shares some elements with a song called Spill the Wine by Eric Burden and War. Yes. And he didn't credit them appropriately. So I went to check it out. Okay. It's a very, you know, uh, 70s. 70s kind of song. Mm-hmm. It's not disco, but it is kind of 70s. It's like that 70s free spirit with rock, a, yeah. uh, like a little holdover from the 60s psychedelia, yeah. but what that morphed into in the 70s. Right. Yeah. So the song itself, to me, I don't hear the similarities. Where I hear the similarities is just in how the chorus is sung. Okay. Which is, spill the wine, love that girl. But I could see where the uh, flags are raised, but does it sound like uh, the same music? No. Uh, does it sound like the same delivery and kind of rhymes with the chorus from Spill the Wine? Yep. Okay. True enough. Yeah. But Spill the Wine is not a hip-hop story about a necklace that is swiped. No, a pretty thief. A story song about a pretty thief. That's right. Yep. So Prince sets Um, it up for us pretty well. Before we get to that. Okay. Evidently, some of the music from My Medallion was also used as part of a thank you track that was played during the... Yahoo Internet Life Awards in 2000. Right. Yeah, because uh, they were, they got the award for best internet only single. Mm-hmm. For so, a song we're going to cover today, yes, right? That's right. One song yes. or cyber single? One it, song, I think. Oh, really? I don't remember which one. I think it was one song. Okay. Well, that's fine. But th- anyway, they used the music from this before it had gotten released in any capacity yeah as this thank you mm-hmm. yeah all right now so prince sets up the scene for us mm-hmm. tells us who we're gonna be dealing with here <laughs> well and it starts with this car starting sound Yes, Which it does. is uh kind of fun and it reminded me a little of the sexy mf video Oh, okay. The car sound? Uh-huh. And just kind of the whole, like, a lot of, like, jewels and fanciness, uh-huh. but in a grungy, almost dirty sort of way. So, because they're having this poker game in very nice clothes, but in a 
parking garage in yeah. the sexy MF video. And I kind of feel like this is kind of sort of the same thing. He's got this like fancy clothes, but he's having questionable relationships with people he doesn't know on the street and being stolen from. Gotcha. So, uh, well, this was also originally intended for the high album, second to last track. And you can tell as much with that car engine sound effect at the beginning of the song, because so many songs from this era use that sound effect Sometimes varied in speed, but if the album wasn't going to be called High, I think it could have been called <laughs> Start Your Engine, <laughs> because that's used everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. Yes, yes. Um, and I don't quite know why, because the car starts, but then Prince is talking to us. Is he giving us a monologue while driving? I don't know. I don't know either. I think he just wants us to know that he's got a very nice car to go along with his nice medallion. Oh, okay. I don't know how you can tell it's a nice car from the engine engine sound effect. It has an engine, which is nice. <laughs> it runs. It runs. So it depending depending on your <laughs> your scale of what a nice car is, maybe just starting is enough. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so he asks. Only for the fellas though. Uh-huh. He's not talking to you ladies. No, no. You ever had one of them girls that's just bad? Yeah, I love the way he says bad. <laughs> well, especially when bad. he says, I ain't talking about fine, I'm talking about bad. bad. <laughs> Say, fellas, you ever had one of them girls that just bad? You know what I mean? No, I ain't talking about fine, I'm talking about bad. Oh, the kind of girl that the post office has two pictures of. Uh-huh. The the kind of girl that's like one of Baby's kids. Down post office got two pictures. I'm talking about one Baby's kids, y'all bad. Yeah. I'm like, who's Baby? So I... that's a comedy thing. Those them's Baby's kids. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's from uh, is it Kids in the Hall or? Oh, okay. Because the only reference I could find to Baby on. Prince Vault was Baby Winans, and he's a gospel singer. Mm. And I'm like, were his kids naughty? Did he, did he have rotten kids? He have kids that were very rebellious. Mm. But I have no idea. So maybe I didn't watch a lot of Kids in the Hall because we didn't have cable growing up. So it might not have been that show. I don't remember, but it was a comedy act thing. A, refer- a reference that I don't understand because I didn't see that comedy special or that television show that had comedy. Okay. (laughs) The comedy show that had comedy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I also found the way that the chorus is delivered. I mean, the chorus here is very simple, right? Don't know why I want that girl. Uh A couple uh, times. Yeah. A couple times. Don't know why. The chanting kind of chorus was also very typical of this period. Like if you think of yes. the chorus for Super Cute, uh-huh. this song, and there are others that we've covered that have the same sort of delivery. Y- yes, that's fair. Speak sung kind y- of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I don't really want to do rapping because mm-hmm. I tried to leave that in the 90s, but I still kind of like it. Yeah, and it's more of a hip hop kind of thing. Yeah. So he closes his eyes, expecting a kiss. Right. She told me to close my eyes. Oh, 
get a kiss. But he gets robbed instead. I said, sure, honey, and a black. Girl, snatch my medallion and call me a bitch. But then later, he wants his necklace that she stole back because... See my baby, she gave me that medallion and it uh you know it means a lot to me. See my baby, she gave me that medallion and it uh you know it mean a lot to me so. <laughs> and I'm like, so he was totally cool kissing this chick behind his baby's back. Correct. But once the medallion got stolen, he realized he was going to get in trouble with his baby. I think that's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Where's I'm the like, necklace I gave you, honey? Uh-huh. Oh, um, a woman took it. <laughs> I closed my eyes to kiss a girl I don't know, and she stole it. That's right. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> Was that wrong? <laughs> Did I do that? I like the uh, the style of this woman, though. Uh, tricks Prince into closing his eyes so she could, quote, get a kiss. Uh-huh. And after she snatches it, Calls him a bitch, <laughs> running. Call me a bitch, running. <laughs> so funny. So why do we get the curse word bitch in this song, but it's censored in so many other songs during I this don't period? Know. I don't know. Right. I, and I it's right up you. there with damn. Yes. But it's a very banal sort of... Right. Curse word. Especially like, when it's delivered like this. And I've, I mean, it's kind of a funny story. Yeah, a funny story, a quote. It's not call it, I mean, it's not a woman being called bitch. Right. So it's even, it's more like slang than anything else. That's right. Just like vernacular. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that she works at a dry cleaners <laughs> yeah. and their tagline is, we do fine. Right. <laughs> Dry cleaning. We do fine. <laughs> like, we're not the best, but we're not the worst. You'll get exactly what you pay for and it'll be fine. It's a very mediocre kind of dry cleaners, right? <laughs> That's right. It's like, you know, a $1.95 a piece dry cleaner. Right. Yeah. I also thought it was kind of a funny either coincidence or reference to this female who Prince says is, oh, she fine. Too. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then fine shows up dry. It's like exploring, you know, a a woman who is fine uh-huh. is one thing, but a business that does fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a different thing. Yeah, you'll be satisfied. Yep. <laughs> right. I love right after that. Uh-huh. The wording of, I want to cause this biatch some pain. Uh-huh. I'm going to ruin her day. Right. Yes. Tell Is us how he says it. To manifest a little <laughs> unenjoyment in her life was all that was running through the middle of my mind. That makes me laugh. To manifest a little unenjoyment in her life was all that was running through the middle of my mind. I love it so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And what is a jihine? Hey. I don't know what your name or your game is. <laughs> but you better get your jihine down on the floor. 
cut you. I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was... I'm like, is that your vagina? Sit down and put your vagina on the floor. Uh, is it your ghetto behind? Your g-hind? What is it? I don't, I don't know, know what the g-hind is. I don't know, but I love the way he sings. <laughs> I don't know what your name or your game is. <laughs> like, let me. Full disclosure, as I walk into the dry cleaners that do a satisfactory job, is let me tell you what I don't know. (laughs) Your name or your game. And he's got a disguise on, too. I walked up in that piece with a disguise on. Maybe he's wearing that beard and little derby hat that he wore at some award shows. No, no, no. Or let's see. Or he's wearing the face covering, like... When he sang oh, with the NPG. Tora Torah. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Or maybe I'm, it's the hat with the chains. Maybe so. And he walked up to that piece and said, I'm here to pick up Tora Torah's uh, <laughs> pants. <laughs> <laughs> I also found myself thinking of Press Your Luck during this song. <laughs> what? All right. At two minutes and 34 seconds... There are synths that kind of go, and I can, I all I can see is the big board, and press your luck. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. And stop. See my baby, she gave me that medallion, and it, you know, it mean a lot to me. So. And it seems like he's pressing his luck, actually, going into this place to confront the woman, who took his jewelry at her place of employment, no less. She didn't come to Paisley Park to steal his jewels. No. She left him alone to do his work. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did not extend her the same courtesy. No. I love his buddy. Oh, what's his name? Michael. Yardbird. Michael Yardbird. Right. <laughs> he's on crutches, and he's doing a solid for his friend. Yes. Throwing crutches down the stairs at her. Right. So that she can't get away. Yeah. Michael Yardbird dropped both his crutches downstairs, trip baby on the backside. Uh, <laughs> crushing the bad girl like the Union Army crushed the Deep South. Yeah. <laughs> Yardbird bounced down the stairs of that house, crushing the bad girl like the Union Army crushed the Deep South. That's great. It's awesome. I it's also, so much fun. I also kept rewinding to listen to My Medallion's on the Center Line. And then it follows up with an explanation to My Medallion's on the Center Line with She dropped my piece in the middle of the street. Uh-huh. And it's so fancy that a cab driver pulled right. over to get it. Yes. Put his fat neck in his... Up in his jewels. My Medallion's on the Center Line. She dropped my piece in the middle of the street. Taxi cab about to run it down. But when the bling bling cut the driver's eyes, he slammed down his brakes and jumped out his ride. And it was just about to put his fat neck up in my jewels. There's so much to love about this song. It's so funny. Yes. Uh, and one of my favorite things, he's saying, I don't know why I want that girl over uh. and over at the end. And at one point, he just says, Don't ask. Want that Like, he's just, like, it's an aside, don't ask. Oh. Like, what? I look forward to hearing the snippet of that. (laughs) It's so good. It's like, I don't know why I'm so enamored with a 
lady who works at a dry cleaner and stole stuff from me. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And it ends so abruptly. It does. It was a little sad when it ended quite so abruptly. But I guess he got his medallion. Well, he did. He got his medallion back. He and, did, because he entered and, his medallion and broke the other way. That's right. Leaving the girl limping, uh-huh. but still admiring her. Uh-huh. She was kind of good to play. And when the driver turned his head to get his peak on, uh-huh. I entered my medallion and broke the other way. Sister was limping, but she was kind of good to play. Like he might go back Still, and... Yeah, I'm going to try that again. He's going to hit that. Uh, maybe I'll, uh, you know, put a low jack on my medallion <laughs> next time before we have another encounter. That's right. That's fun right. song. It was super fun. Very fun and silly. And then we have Splash. It was part of the first NPG Music Club edition, number one, February 2001. It has had an excerpt on npgonlineltd.com. Always got to put that ltd.com because I think it's hilarious. You could also just say litty. <laughs> NPG Online Litty. The original recording dates back to the 80s, with initial tracking taking place in August of 1985. The day after Pop Life was released as a single. Oh. Yeah. Which is interesting because I found that it contains some of the same sound effects from Pop Life. There's some champagne pouring at one point that kind of is very reminiscent of Pop Life, especially the remix or extended versions of Pop Life. Uh-huh. Cool. So, yeah, and this was supposedly part of Roadhouse Garden, the reunion album for Prince mm-hmm. and the Revolution that never materialized. Yep. It's got kind of this reggae beat. It does, and I never really think of it as reggae, but it most certainly is a reggae beat and guitar. Yeah, well, it's not all reggae, but the beat is definitely there that yep. gives it that little bit of flavor. Mm-hmm. a mid-tempo ballad but the Mm -hmm. chorus is dirty without being overt or lewd i mean splash has a lot of connotation to it yeah Mm -hmm. very true it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily cannonball right kind of place itself in the mid 80s because there's a lot of high school level stuff going on ask your mama if you can stay here with me and that was the thing early mid 80s is despite the fact that these people were too old to be dating high school girls that still seemed like their kind of frame of reference, yes. particularly with Vanity Six yep. and the time. And so I feel like this kind of dates itself to then yep. with that kind of reference. I agree. Yeah. I love the strings. Mm-hmm. They're super fun. Yeah. I assume they're Clara Fisher strings, but I... Couldn't find a yeah, I'm not reference sure. to that. Yeah. The song kind of takes a different direction at 2 minutes and 47 seconds where it sort of slows down and there's piano and guitar solos 
some record scratching at 3 minutes and 14 seconds that make me believe Prince Vault's assertion that the song was probably worked on more after 1985 because that does not sound like a revolution era kind of thing. No, and it kind of abandons that whole reggae beat yeah. entirely, which yeah. I thought was kind of yeah. unusual. And there's popping, what sounds like popping and pouring of champagne at 3 minutes and 17 seconds that has a pop life kind of feel to it. Right. It's a fun little song. Yeah. I think it's a great revolution era outtake, essentially, is yeah. what we got. Yeah. Then we have two versions of Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. So the first one is six minutes and two seconds, and the next one that we're going to talk about is five minutes and seven seconds, but we'll get there. Um, it was written by Prince, Sandra St. Victor, and Tom Hammer. Mm-hmm. Prince's version was originally released in the NPG Music Club edition number six in July of 2001, but it was first recorded by the band named Van Gogh on their, and released on their self-titled album in November of 1988. Uh, Prince found them because he was looking through the Coalition of Disabled Musicians because he wanted to give a song to professional musicians with a disability and he was looking through this database and found them and all of Van Gogh are in wheelchairs right yeah that's very neat yeah that's a cool story yeah I read a a nice little tribute after Prince passed from the band they're still active on Facebook their website's no longer there but they still have an active Facebook page and uh, after he passed away they posted a little thing that they'll never forget the day that at that time the artist formerly known as Prince wanted to give them a song and sent them a tape and he keeps it in a safety deposit box to this day and how just how touched they were that he wanted to work with them and yeah I think this whole period is definitely overlooked a little bit for its charitable nature too this was a Mm -hmm. like kind of a Prince was not an old person at this point, right? He was in his late 30s, mm-hmm. 40s. Um, it was late 30s when he gave the song. Yeah. It was in the late 90s. Yeah, but lots of uh, love for one another charities and mm-hmm. um, just more of a kind of a step back, take a breather from being in you know the top 40 spotlight and giving back some, yeah. which I think is uh, very admirable. Yes, for sure. Tom Hammer also wrote music for Cyndi Lauper. Oh. Uh, then Temptations. He's got music that's in the original Broadway cast recording of Kinky Boots. Oh, cool. How about that? It was planned for Emancipation at one point. Soul Sanctuary mm-hmm. ended up on Emancipation, which was uh, also same co-written team. by yep. Sandra St. Victor. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, I'll Never Be Another Fool, which is... Ended up on Shaka Khan's mm-hmm. uh, album with yes. Prince in 1998. That was part of the New Power Pack. Mm-hmm. And Stone, which we covered in a previous podcast yes. also. Yes, which was, I loved Stone. It was great. Yep. Yep. 
The horns are really fun. Yeah, it's Eric Leeds on mm-hmm. horn. Well, it says assumed on assumed. Prince Fault, but I think you can kind of tell if yeah. you listen that it's Eric Leeds. Yeah, it's kind of got his uh, signature sound Very much on so. it. There's some little popping and yeah. it sounds intentional to me it doesn't sound like a oh yes quality issue because the music is great and really clear and that sounds like the popping is yeah added it's just in. like lots of record vinyl pops that right. are added as sound effects yeah, yeah yeah kind of a nasally delivery too of the intro almost like prince had a cold when he's asking uh-huh. do you know what love is uh-huh do you know what love is Yes, real, real nasally. Uh Uh-huh. So I remember when the song came out in the music club, hearing it, and not realizing it was a rare Van Gogh. Oh, what did you think it was? I thought it was a real Van Gogh. (laughs) Okay. Like, that was kind of how I heard it. Loving you is like loving you. had a little vindication because Eloy of Prince's Friend uh-huh. uh, did a little video about this song, and I'll post that on our social media, which you can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast, or you can send us an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com, and I can send you a link to something if you're looking for it. And he sang it a little bit, and he also has a kind of nasally voice. Okay. And he also sang it as a real Van Gogh. Loving you is like loving the real Van Gogh. Oh. Instead of a rare Van Gogh. And I listened to it and I know it's a rare Van Gogh, but I had heard it the first time as real. And so I kind of always sing it as real instead of rare. Well, now you can sing it right. Uh, Well... (laughs) I won't. I mean, are there a lot of people who no. are looking at fake Van Goghs out there? Well, no. Like, it's just a, a real Van Gogh. It'd be have maybe a different quality than a rare Van Gogh, though their real Van Goghs are also rare. So, whatever. All right. I I find the uh, I see what you want me to see uh-huh. line. Van Gogh, I see what you want me to see. I think that's awesome. I love that. And I was thinking about Van Gogh being a post-impressionist painter, you know, not like an abstract artist. But then, Uh yes, if you go and look at Van Gogh's Rare or Not, Uh of course you are seeing what Van Gogh wanted you to see because he's in control of what goes into the paintings. Mm -hmm. And kind of his swirly style that is most famous is definitely interpretive right and his impression of what he's looking at so i thought that that was kind of interesting if you don't know who van gogh is (laughs) vincent is his first name Uh mr vincent van gogh Mm -hmm. his most famous works include landscapes and still lives and portraits and his own self-portraits characterized by bold colors and dramatic impulsive and expressive brushwork that really contributed to the foundations of modern art Mm mm-hmm also, sadly, he was not commercially successful at all. No. Uh, and committed suicide. Do you know how old he was when he committed suicide? Oh, I think he was in his late 30s, right? Correct. 
I thought he was much older than that. No. 37. Oh, geez. Committed suicide after years of depression and poverty. Yeah. How sad. Well, and the paints that he used yeah. are, were very, very toxic. So yeah. it's believed that he may have had a biological component to his depression, but he also may have been literally poisoned by his life's work. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, I th- I liked that line too because a painting is by nature not the actual thing. Correct. It's You're not a photograph. S- it's not a photograph. It's not of the bowl of fruit itself. It's the interpretation of the artist's bowl of fruit. And then he says, uh, you know, the closer I get to you, the farther you get from me. The more I get closer to you. Like if you move in and get closer to a painting, you all you see are the dr- brush strokes. You don't see what it actually is. It's exactly. not like holding an apple closer to your face. It's, right, you're, you're seeing... seeing the brush strokes and you miss the apple. Yeah, and... it's like those three, two, one contact. What is this? And it was zoomed in. Oh, do you remember that yes, show? Yes, I do. And I remember them like yeah, having like carpet fibers and you back out and it's a rug. Uh-huh. There's absolutely no way for you to know what you were really looking at right. when you were that close. Yeah. Three, two, one, contact. Wow. I haven't thought of that in decades. Yeah. Wow. But I kind of thought, you know, maybe she's putting on this facade, yep. you know, that he's... The closer he gets to it, the the less clear it is because she's holding back from him. Yep. Yeah, she's an enigma. The uh-huh. more he learns, the less he knows. Right. I thought it kind of dates itself to the mid-90s a little bit with the lyrics, too. All the planets say I'm supposed to be with you. Okay. All the planets say I'm supposed to be with you faded love he did that a lot in the early to mid 90s yeah you know he had this idea that he and maite were fated to be together and they would meet in numerous lives and all that yes a fun story to write yes and also there's some symbols and bells that have a little bit of a middle Mm. eastern sound to them yeah and i thought that kind of dated it to the same sort of time period yeah Maybe you can help me understand the one lyric that's always perplexed me. Nothing's lost if we don't try. Nothing's lost if we don't try. Don't you wanna? Don't you wanna? Try. I think he's trying to say we have nothing to lose, right? But... That's not what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's lost if we don't try. Don't you want to try? Yeah. Yes. Like he's saying that if we don't try, we won't lose anything. So that sounds like let's not worry about it so that we don't lose the things that we already have. But then he wants to try. I, it's no, it's to me for someone who, you know, the subject of his adoration doesn't want to be known or is Uh making it difficult to be known. So is that really a way to convince her to open up by saying nothing's lost if we don't try? I would be like, you're right. We're Uh not going to lose anything because we're not doing this. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) By the way, close your eyes. Let me kiss you. (laughs) I'm taking your medallion with you while I'm on my way. See ya, bitch. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You mean, bitch. (laughs) There's nothing like the falsetto 
bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a little rich of a wealthy man to say, and real peace is no result of wealth. You've got to know your inner self. Real peace is no result of wealth. Got to know your inner self. I was like, okay, there's a certain amount of privilege that you have. You need to have to be able to find that inner self true to have the margin to be able to do that. If you're a single parent working three jobs, trying to put food on the table for your kids, there's not a lot of time to find your inner self. Yeah, that's true. Although I think part of that too is well, a, he's got co-writers. So this, these aren't necessarily all his words, but I did think that it kind of fit in with the charitable era of Prince. Sure, sure. You know, the more public charitable era of Prince when right. he was uh, running Love for One Other Charities. And, uh, you know, uh, the saying, maybe from experience, I've got wealth, but the way that I found real real peace isn't through uh-huh. it necessarily. Right. Yeah. All right. And then the second version of Banco, we have five minutes and seven seconds. I believe this is the one that's on Playtime for Versace from 1995. Yes, it is. That just came out on Record Store Day a few, a couple years, two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, on, on cassette only. Yeah, for some, for reasons known only to them. Although the quality, the sound quality of it is kind of sucky, to be honest. Um, yeah. So maybe they thought... You know, a CD release would only reveal that more. (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't know. Ours is in a shadow box with the little uh, outfit, the Versace red outfit that I made. That's right. That was... It's in your office. I think it's in our garage right now. Yes. So my work office, the place where I used to drive to do the 9 to 5 is being renovated, and Uh we had to empty my office completely, and it's got like 20 years of, I don't know, 75% print stuff, Uh 20% Transformers and Legos and Pac-Man crap, and maybe 5% work-related books. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I think that's where it is where you made the little uh, Versace red outfit and uh-huh. uh, made it in a pose that Prince is making in that famous picture of him in the red outfit and it's uh-huh. next to the mounted playtime for Versace. Yeah. Uh, it's got this kind of circular design, a kaleidoscope kind uh-huh. of design on it. I thought that was the perfect use for the cassette. Oh, especially since <laughs> we can't play a cassette right now. <laughs> right. We don't have the equipment to be able to do no. that. But yeah, so this uh, was the initial tracking, supposedly, from 1995. There's no mm-hmm. saxophone in it. There's nope. less bass. There's less bongos and percussion going on. And I kind of call it the quieter version oh, of Van yeah. Gogh. There's gentler keyboards and a gentler drum line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it is re-sung in the newer version, too. Okay. It's similar, but mm-hmm. a new vocal take. Right. Did you notice that there's different lyrics also? I did. There's a couple of additional lines. Yeah. And then uh, it's almost like another verse, but the first two lines are new and the second two lines are repeated later in the song and we're in the six minute long version as well. Yeah. I I found it to be the bridge in the released version. Yeah. Which is, my love is soaring on the clouds that eagles fly. My love is watching where an angel kisses souls goodbye. 
My love is waiting where the sands of time and oceans kiss the shore. Wherever you are, my love is now and forevermore. Do you know what love is? In this version, the bridge is actually moved up mm-hmm. to after the first chorus. And he sings, My love is rushing through a field of roses where we lie, leaping off mountaintops until we start to fly. Uh-huh. My love is waiting where the sands of time and oceans kiss the shore. Wherever you are, my love is now and forevermore. My love is rushing through a field of roses where we lie. Leaping off mountaintops until we start to fly. My love is waiting where the sands of time and oceans kiss the shore. Wherever you are, my love is now and forevermore. So the last two lines are the same. Um, but also sung to a different cadence. Yes. Which I think is really kind of, it's kind of like, it took me back. Oh, it took okay. me aback when I heard it. I mean, I've listened to this a ton, but never really super studied it like we're doing here. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a neat difference. Otherwise, mm-hmm. very similar. Yeah. Um, maybe a little less finished. I could see why he wanted to revisit it and yeah. embellish it. I like them both, but I think the additional work that was done was a better take sure yeah the original title of this song was love is right and sandra saint victor released a version of this song under the title love is on her band camp in may of 2018 and you can listen to it there still yeah not on any streaming service that i could find but um i went and listened to it because i was curious yeah and i was very surprised at how different it is yes it is not the same song by any means in fact it's less similar than my medallion and spill the wine i would say that's fair yeah i also thought her version had a brand new heavies vibe to it if you okay. go and listen to some music by the brand new heavies and then mm-hmm. listen to sandra saint victor's version of love is um i think you'll find similarities in sound if you don't know the brand new heavies that's a band that uh jk from jamiroquai actually auditioned mm-hmm. for got turned down and uh, that's how jamiroquai got uh-huh. started I thought too listening to van gogh either version that it had a very hypno paradise sound to it like it falls into that slightly different experimental prince category Mm -hmm. Um, and hypno paradise has the record pops in it also Uh um, that make me think of them in the same league as one another okay kind of sister songs yeah that sounds correct or at least distant cousins distant cousins (laughs) come on love is we're gonna see your cousin van gogh Then we have one song. It was streamed beginning January 1st of 2000 on loveforoneanother.com. It replaced everything that had been on loveforoneanother.com as soon as the pay-per-view rave into the year 2000 finished. Yeah. This replaced everything that had been on there. There's three minutes and 28 seconds of actual song, and there are about six minutes yes. of uh, Prince talking about stuff. Yeah, uh, I actually went back and uh, gave a more exact measurement of time. Prince's monologue extends for five minutes and 42 seconds, to okay. be exact, which is okay. essentially like him talking through his religious beliefs 
Yeah, it's a lot of talking about how language limits our thinking and uh, everything that we know comes either from the tree of knowledge or the tree of life. Yeah. I didn't find it all that troublesome, um, but I did find it excessive. I think you could, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. You know, I don't have a problem with the, you know, let's all be one together and that kind of thing. Mm -mm. In fact, the version of the song that we listened to from a bootleg, um, which is, I have no idea how they came across this version of the song because it's far better quality than the version that was streamed. Uh I went back and listened to the full one song that's whatever, nine minutes long. Yeah. That was captured from the stream, and it's very low fidelity, uh-huh. low bit rate. Yeah. Um, this version was smartly edited uh-huh. to start at the very end of that monologue. Right. And the quality of the track, as far as bit rate goes, is obviously a higher generation source. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where they got it from, but I'm grateful to have a cleaner shorter version of it. Yeah. And I think that it starts nicely too with the edit. It's edited to start with, with an all knowing mind made in God's image. You can create as your creator, God intended Mm -hmm. with love, honor, and respect for every living thing in the universe. Separation ceases and we all become one being singing the one song. With an all knowing mind made in God's image, you can create as your creator, God intended with love, honor, and respect for every living thing in the universe. Separation ceases, and we all become one being, singing the one song. There was a good article on Medium.com by Ernest Sewell, and he thought that Prince had a pendulum of swinging between very overtly sexual and very extreme religion Hmm. and he put songs like sister and head at the edge for the sexual side and one song at the edge for religion because of that whole intro and even the song itself. And I just thought it was an interesting way to think about it as those really like dirty boundary pushing songs. And then this very, very overtly religious only song and how, the pendulum of Prince, all his songs kind of fit somewhere in between those two areas. I huh. thought it was an interesting way to look that at it. That is very interesting. And Susan Rogers, his recording engineer for mm-hmm. a long time, said as much on, I think it was the 1999 Super Deluxe podcast, that mm-hmm. if he would record a song that was very sexual, then to make up for it, <laughs> it almost seemed he would record something very uh, religious. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Later. Yeah, yeah. Or vice versa. I thought that this song, especially with the extended monologue removed, uh-huh. it becomes much more of a like modern church song. Yeah. The I evangelical church yeah. Christian sort of yes. could be sung in one of those. I thought so. Yeah. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Prince takes on God's voice. Yes. And the first verse. Mm -hmm. Um, I am the universe, the sun, the moon, and the sea, but... I am the universe, the sun, the moon, and the sea. He kind of set up this definition where as when you respect all living things, you remove the separation between God and man. So there's 
-hmm. you're all kind of God. So it makes it not blasphemous for him to take on God's persona, which I thought was really interesting and well done. Me too. And I mean, I think that this was um, territory that could have been mishandled, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, if you get to the Rainbow Children, which would come a couple years later, this Mm -hmm. gets much more extreme and a little more troublesome, Mm -hmm. where this is more accepting, you know, can we all just get along? Kind yeah. of. Yeah. I also thought this had a still would stand all time sound to it as far as a ballad goes for Prince singing mm-hmm. in uh, a lower register. And he's got a lot of vibrato to his voice in a uh-huh. lower register, which is not super common in his studio work. Right. It's particularly when he says free and tree. Yes. A very exactly. deep, but in an unusual sort of way for him. Yes. That one song is for real. All things come from this one song. The garden and the tree. Exactly. Yeah, you hit it on the. That's. I don't even need to read my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Another part of the song that I I had not listened to this very much at all yeah. i don't know it's kind of a song that just slipped through the cracks for me especially with the super long monologue it's not something that i throw on a playlist to listen to often but right. um i had not you know studied it as much so there's the uh i think i would call it the bridge when language falls like a wounded soldier and it's covered by the sea mm-hmm. all the sadness all these unanswered questions keep me company and there's this refrain of company 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 and then it changes to come to me come to me please uh-huh. when language falls like a wounded soldier and it's covered by the sea all the sadness all which is again god's voice calling you to you know just accept him right and saying please even which i think is i don't know that's very rooted in biblical teachings that Mm -hmm. you know god just wants you to let him in right. and to be a part of your life. Right. Yeah, I thought that part also kind of really uh, reiterated the language limits us yeah. and fails us thing that kind of came in that preamble. Yeah. And which I'm like, well, yes, he talks about how the spell is when started when you first start talking to a baby that you're starting the spell of misunderstanding. I'm like, yeah, yes, but if you don't talk to babies, they don't develop like they're supposed to. They're not going to be, <laughs> yeah, you know, savants who understand the universe. They're Correct. just not going to develop properly. I kind of like to but, think of it as like, because there are so many languages and we have to interpret one another, mm, okay. that it does create barriers and misunderstandings. And Well, and that's uh, fair. Yeah, yeah, and conflict. Yeah. But he also doesn't present an alternative to it. You know, <laughs> how else are we going to, to do this? I think we're too far along in human development now to say, you know what, we're just all going to do Spanish. Okay. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Probably not going to happen anytime no, soon. unfortunately. I was surprised, though, at how much I enjoyed one song. Oh, good. 
Then we have Madrid to Chicago. A snippet was streamed on loveforoneanother.com in January of 1999. Um, and then it was a download in the final NPG Music Club edition thing that they put out in yep. January of 2002, the 12th one. Um, it was evidently announced as part of an album of the same name yep. that never materialized. Yep. I would love for... Uh, uh, that's a theme for the <laughs> late yes. 90s, early 2000s. Between High and Madrid uh, to Chicago and the very best of the artist formerly known as Prince, uh-huh. all these, th- and that's an album and, called Last December. Uh-huh, and there was the NPG release that... Oh, Peace. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Lots, lots of those things kind of getting out. Yeah. Uh, this is based on the flight that Prince would take when Maite was living in Spain. Right. He would take Madrid to Chicago and evidently thought about her quite a lot on those airplane rides. Yes. For the opening lyric, I got bills to pay. Or what I hear, okay, <laughs> the lyrics that I found online read, bills to pay, my hairdresser's gay. Uh-huh. What I hear is my bills are paid, oh. my hairdresser's gay. Okay. And the present proves there's no time. Bills are paid, my hairdresser's gay, and the present proves there's no time. And so I've just kept finding myself saying, how exactly can you explain yourself there? So many assertions about interferons and time that are unsubstantiated uh, in a lot of these songs. But I think that this was just how he and Maite chose to describe their relationship, that they knew each other many times over in different lives mm-hmm. and that's how the present proves there is no time because yeah. it's a it's a loop uh-huh so to speak yeah i kind of got the impression from maite's book that things were kind of rough by the time she went to live in spain um but i guess he still found her a very worthwhile muse yeah and anytime he mentions egypt you know Maite was the muse for right. it. The opposite of the ivory color of your thighs is molded into my mind like the secret gold of Egypt. Transfer a million dollars to gold. The opposite of ivory color of your thighs is molded into my mind like the secret gold of Egypt. Oh, I hear secret code of oh. Egypt. Oh, okay. You heard gold? Y- I did, but... Huh. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what I hear. Oh, okay. Secret code of Egypt. All right. Yeah, I thought it was like the hidden gold in the pyramids. Hmm. But I thought since he's saying transfer a million dollars to gold, like the secret code of Egypt, there's some like irregular rhyming there, but not the same word. Okay. Um, Following that, when he sings, and I love you, said, I love you, love you, love you. You got to listen to Prince's background vocals, the falsetto and the harmonizing that are going on there. It's really, really nice. Okay. And I love you, said, I love you, I love you, I love you. When you think of it as one dude. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Uh, the end of it is kind of uh, almost feels like a sketch of places where he might change his mind and decide to take this song. Okay. You know, it kind of, the, he adds in finger snaps and then there's this tempo change. Oh, yeah. And, like at two minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah. And it kind of it felt to me like 
well, I've recorded this bit, but I'm going to record this other music because maybe I want to go that direction with the music instead. That's kind of how I understood it. It feels like a sketch to me. Oh, I thought it's a cool ending. That's my favorite part of the song. It makes me want to kind of snap my fingers and sing along. Uh-huh. To Chicago. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of a fun, loungy type thing. Yeah. Um, And of course, anything to do with an airplane always has an international lover feel to it. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Please fasten your seatbelts. We're making our final approach. Uh Uh-huh. Please fasten your seatbelts. We're making our final approach. Then we have Breathe. This song was also in the final edition of the first year of the NPG Music Club. Downloads in January of 2002. It was also planned for the Madrid to Chicago album that didn't materialize. Right. It's a largely spoken. Yeah. Uh, or. Uh-huh. Yeah, it almost sounds like a poorly done meditation a little bit okay (laughs) well because he says breathe and it's this command yeah and then he says slow slow Uh but he says it quickly i'm like well if you're gonna do a meditation you want to say the word the same way that you would like your listener to perform the actions. So. You're a strong, powerful woman. <laughs> confident. You're a strong, confident, confident woman. woman. Yeah, uh, it is kind of, you're right, very uh, prince meditation kind of thing, uh-huh. or prince instructing you how to enjoy whatever it is he's doing to you. I guess, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly I drink the cascading energy that runs down your hillside. What? Slowly I drink the cascading energy that runs down your hillside. I don't know. Go fly your painted rainbow. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot about this that I didn't find that worked so well, especially after Madrid to Chicago. And then some other lyrics I found online with the uh, the moaning I hear, or the moaning it's got a rough, is what some of the lyrics oh, I found yeah. online. And I hear the moaning it's guttural. Oh. Breathe. Okay. The moaning it's guttural. Okay. Passionate fashion of tongue that keeps lashing on skin like a whip. Passionate fashion of tongue that keeps lashing skin like a whip oh he says something about a 360 degree slippery circle 360 degree slippery circle which is surely a reference to female anatomy but uh i'm like all circles are 360 degrees or else they're not circles that's a good point you're right Mm-hmm. I just found that this was more like a sketch than an interlude or yes. a full song. And it's sort of like a coda to Madrid to Chicago because yeah. they sort of run into one another. Yeah. Um, detailed and dirty sketch. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Then we have 
Cyber Single, a free download from npgonlineltd.com in July of 2000. Uh, an excerpt had been streamed the previous month. Kind of previewed and then released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Got more vinyl pops here too. Yeah. And a guitar screeching kickoff. Yeah, it's super cool. I am the cyber single. Robotic, but good, and it's very self-aware. It's a free single. Come and get my download to be free or not to be free. That is the question C. Come and get my download to be free or not to be free. That is the question C. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Prince is many things in this collection of songs. He is the universe, the sun, the moon, and the sea. The energy, uh-huh. and the cyber single. Uh-huh. Well, and Superman later in this song. That's right. We'll get there. Yeah, but I mean, I, it was interesting because Prince couldn't see the future. He didn't know what was coming, but he knew that this whole digital landscape and music was going to change things. So I just thought it was so interesting yeah, that was definitely ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. I will give credit where credit is due there. And he saw it as a way to um, get music direct to fans. And he did. Mm-hmm. He says, all the beautiful ones are with me. Question C. All the beautiful ones are with me. And I'm like, well, surely that's a reference to the song from Purple Rain. Yes. The Beautiful and, Ones. And his but, fans, right? Well, and that's kind of what I thought. I'm like, did he kind of want his fans to start calling themselves the Beautiful Ones? So you have the going back, the Grateful Dead had the Deadheads. Mm-hmm. And then Rita Ora, who he would work with later, has Rita Bots. Right. And Lady Gaga has little monsters mm-hmm. and even television shows. Star Trek has Trekkies. Doctor Who has Whovians. Yeah. I wondered, oh, did he kind of want his fans to call themselves the beautiful ones? I think it was more him complimenting the fans that stuck with him to, oh, okay. you know, take this risk or go on this experiment. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I like the uh, first verse. As the media tightens its grip on you. As the media tightens its grip on you. Oh, fun. Tightens as in uh, gets tighter. Yeah. But also media tightens, Mm T-I-T-A-N-S. These beasts of media, whether it be Warner Brothers or uh, Clear Channel or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. I I don't know if that was intentional, Right. but listening to it, I thought, Oh, I kind of hear play on words there maybe between tightening of a grip Mm -hmm. and Titans them being giants. Yep. I like his electronic effect that he put on his voice is like, Oh, this is the download digital age sort of song cyber single. We're going to have the robot sound to it, which I thought was, Fun and it could have come off as hokey, but yeah, it didn't. But it didn't. No. No. And then Princess Superman, <laughs> Superman steps into the phone booth one more time to drop another cyber single, life-saving rhyme. Yeah. Like, oh, well, at least Prince is humble. Superman steps in the phone booth wow. one more time to drop another cyber single, life-saving rhyme. Oh, I thought that 
I think it's fun. I love it, but it's, you know, it's not humble fun. at all. So right after that, there's the chorus. Uh-huh. And then there's an instrumental part from like a minute and nine seconds to a minute 26 seconds mm-hmm. that to me has rock and rolls alive and it lives in Minneapolis written oh, all over. Yeah. And I think these songs are uh-huh. very similar. <laughs> mentioned some other artists which i thought was kind of interesting the dead prez were mm-hmm. hip-hop artists yes and rage i think is probably rage against the machine yes you know people who were uh talking in their music about consumers being used right yeah yeah very much so yeah I thought it was very funny that there was a point last year when Rage Against the Machine made some sort of statement that was political, uh-huh. and oh, you, they suddenly realized the whole lot of people who've been listening to Rage Against the Machine for a very long time didn't realize what the machine they were raging against. Yeah. You know that they're a they've always been a political band. Yeah, yeah, they are not raging against the toaster. Right. Yeah. Yes. Or the printing press. Uh huh. This has got to stop. (laughs) A very pointed attack at uh, people downloading things illegally on Napster. Yeah. I can't leave the keys in my brand new car because you don't know it's wrong to steal. Yep. It's like, ooh. It's lovely. I can't leave the keys in my brand new car because you don't know it's wrong to steal. Yeah. Uh, So after that, you know, uh, the devil got you thinking he's invisible Uh or invincible, but how he makes you act is real and uh, kind of an aside of stupid. The devil got you thinking he's invisible, but how he make you act is real. And then did you hear the Habibi reference? The online lyrics that I found say... Talk a beat, which is someone transcribing right. the, who doesn't understand Prince's music, I'm afraid. He says, talk, Habibi, and there's a oh. guitar solo there. Turn around, come on, but he says, talk, Habibi, oh, right there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Talk, Habibi. The one part of this I'm not sure works is... Uh, purple haze. Okay, uh, I'm fine with that. Uh huh. Jesus saves. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little out of place. A little bit, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I hate to be the guy who says Jesus has no place in the song. But (laughs) But it felt forced. It didn't feel like a natural progression. Right. Though I did think the music right there kind of sounded a little like Endorphin Machine. Yeah. 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 Had a little vibe. I was listening to it again this morning, and that was the... The vibe you were getting. The vibe I was getting Mm -hmm. from it. Yeah, it is sort of a mixture of Endorphin Machine and... uh, Rock and roll is alive. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little glass cutter in there too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, and that brings us to the final song that we're going to talk about today: "Jukebox with a Heartbeat." It was included in 
NPG audio show number nine in November of 2001. Mm-hmm. It was not a separate download on its own. Correct. Uh, very on brand Prince to start with a heartbeat. Yes. And a song that says jukebox with a heartbeat. Yeah. 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 Now, I mean, I don't find that as as big of an offense as, you know, having a woman dancing on stage during Raspberry Beret <laughs> wearing, wearing a beret uh, the color of a raspberry. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's got this kick drum intro that sounds like a heartbeat at the beginning, but it also has a very similar sound to Props and Pounds mm-hmm. to me, too. Mm-hmm. So more also very on brand with Prince during this time to be uh, critical of the record industry and mm-hmm. radio, that yep. kind of thing. And essentially, that's what he's calling the game of record companies paying to have certain songs played on the radio. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Who got the brand new hit in Los Angeles? It ain't me. Who tried to make me pay big money for the frequency? Guess what? I ain't giving up the fees. Evidently, there was some sort of pay-to-play model Correct. in radio at that yeah. time, and Prince was frustrated with it he didn't want to have to pay mm-hmm. to be on the radio he's like i already made the music you don't have to pay me to play it right yeah who got the brand new hit in los angeles guess what guess what it ain't me uh-uh. try to make me pay big money for the frequency guess what uh, i ain't giving up fees Right before that first verse, too, at 44 seconds, mm-hmm. a car engine started. Yes, exactly. Just like in My Medallion and a bunch of songs that were also supposed to be on high. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is not mentioned. This song is not mentioned as being considered for high even, but it's got a lot of the hallmarks of what made those songs hang together very well. Mm-hmm. I do like the sound of this song though um it does again have kind of that chanty chorus mm-hmm. um but him singing with himself and kind of a deeper register jukebox with a heartbeat trying to run a game on me jukebox with a heartbeat if it's popular it ain't free Tune it all out, we'll see. Do the people even know what they want if they never hear what they need? Yeah, it's an interesting take on it. I mean, at least I find this to be a more poignant and less typical approach to, you know, a golden parachute type thing. Right or slave, Mm -hmm. this kind of thing. Yeah, well, I can really appreciate that, that, you know, good music, like Prince's music, or music from smaller artists Mm -hmm. wasn't getting airplay on the radio because they couldn't afford to do or didn't wish to participate in this pay-to-play model. So I can see how, like, people not knowing what they actually want because they don't have the alternative is there. Right. Yeah. However, uh, one person, as in Prince, saying he knows what people need is also 
uh-huh. exactly what he's railing against. Exactly. Uh, you know, in the jukebox with a heartbeat irony chapter to <laughs> Prince's music. Um, yeah, it's a little presumptive. I thought this was kind of a Prince boasting song in that way. A little bit, Like, yeah. I know what they need. Yes. Let me determine what they need. Right. A little bit. <laughs> Don't you tell them what they need. Yeah. I thought it was like very, it was boastful. It's boastful. I mean, there is some legitimacy to thinking, well, let, right. an, let an artist like me decide rather than a programmer. Right. Who's not a musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do love the uh, who got a brand new Jeep, Cadillac, Chrome, and Gold. Guess what? It's kind of right. Oh, yeah. Who got a brand new Jeep, Cadillac, Chrome, and Gold. Guess what? It's kind of right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love, and Prince had done this before throughout the 80s, the it's kind of right. Like, I kind of I kind of like that. Uh-huh. Uh, just neat wording for that it's kind of right very cool during the chorus after that verse um when he gets to tune it all out we'll see he sings out out at two minutes in the background in a falsetto that's easy to miss but it is really mm-hmm. well sung cool and at two minutes and five seconds we get a yeah <laughs> which is the same yeah from judah smile and ah. super cute and sex me sex me not which again makes me think these all kind of hang together, you know, really well again uh-huh. with the That's car engine and this year. Yeah, all those high tracks. Right. Then he says, Who got a brand new guitar? Yep. And then there's no guitar solo. Who got a new guitar? There's not. It's a piano solo. Exactly. I'm like, where's my guitar? You just promised it. You said you got a new one, but you're going to play the piano instead? Were you afraid of your new one? Come on, man. Well, at two minutes and 41 seconds, though, he does give you a hootie hoo, (laughs) which is fun and makes up a little bit for that. But yes, I agree. I'm like, why is there not a guitar solo here? (laughs) I don't know. It's, I don't know. I did think he had a, a fair point that we're here living in the Twin Cities. Saying basically that they maybe need different things from their music than people in New York City. I agree. Or Los Angeles. And this is actually like, coming to fruition now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify and Apple Music both have popular in cities categories and they've got New York and Chicago and different areas with different charts and that kind of stuff. Uh, So some of this 20 years later is happening to a degree, but I certainly think that Prince would also call Spotify and Apple music (laughs) and uh, title perhaps jukebox with a heartbeat with playlist uh curation and that kind of thing. For sure. But at least there's a wider range. There is. And, and there's a little an more oppor- personal localization. Yeah. Well, and an opportunity to be featured in that, even if maybe you're not a huge artist, which I think is how you found Bernhoft, right? Was yeah. that he was in a, if you like Prince, you'll like 
Um, I don't think it was Prince. I think it was a Jamie Lydell. Oh, uh, okay. If you like this, and it was like related artists, and then another related artist to that. Uh-huh. So it was kind of a chain of yeah. We think you'll like this kind right. of thing. But yeah, yeah. That's There's su- some music discovery there if you right. take the time to right to go through it. So <laughs> if you want more than what the radio is serving up, there's an opportunity to find that, and there's not necessarily a paid play model that yeah. goes into that it's more of an algorithm in order to keep you into the in the yeah the, the the ecosystem right longer yep which whatever yeah. but i think when this song ends at four minutes and eight seconds there's a breakdown where he's singing mm-hmm. the chorus and it's just like bass and drums kind of basically and his voice and singing is so great Mm-hmm. At the very end, especially, you know, when it ends with, why are you giving people what they want when you ought to give them what they need? Mm-hmm. All I will say, do the people even know what they want if they never hear what they need? Are you giving people what they want when you ought to give them what they need? Sort of chanty again, very yeah. super cute, my yes. medallion type delivery. Very fun. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's all the music that we're going to talk about today. So we have some selections to make. We choose the time capsule, something that exemplifies the material either at the time it was recorded or when it was released. The C, the low point, the thing that we like the least, and the mountain, our high point, what spoke to us the most. Yeah. These are my dumb rules, so I go first. They sure are. <laughs> that they're dumb or mine. No, they're yours, and you get to go first. Please, <laughs> go ahead. All right. The time capsule for me was Cyber Single. Okay. Just it was so self-aware and so uh, understanding that the landscape was changing yeah. as far as music downloads go. Yeah, it's almost like the uh, it was inevitable that the obvious kinds of ways to sing about the internet would kind of happen like that. Cyber single, even NPG online, LTV. It's like, we got to get these obvious, dumb, cheesy ways to talk about the internet and connectivity. Get out of the way. Get it out of the way so we can advance into, you know, something that's actually more true. Right. I have a different time capsule, but for okay. the same reason, one song. Okay. It's an internet single. Uh-huh. Uh, also, Prince's monologue about his religious beliefs kind of laid the groundwork for the Rainbow Children, mm-hmm. which would come next. And I'm not saying that that's uh, a bad time capsule. I'm just saying that it kind yeah. of led to what was to come shortly. It was a very good indicator of what you could expect from Prince in uh-huh. the next couple years. Yeah. All right. The C, the low point. For me, it was Breathe. Mainly because it felt like such a sketch. It wasn't real finished. He says breathe quickly and then tells you to breathe slowly. And it just uh, like didn't make a lot of sense to me. But whatever. Yeah, I can see why that was not released. And it's also my C because okay. it just doesn't go anywhere. And I also don't find it particularly sexy to be telling someone to breathe. Maybe you need to call 911. <laughs> <laughs> but it is conflicting too. Like uh-huh. breathe in. Uh, I've made it to at yeah. least an adult age of over 18. <laughs> I know how to breathe. <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of breathing is sort of involuntary too. So yeah. I mean, it's almost like let your heart beat. Yeah. Know, there's not much I can do about that. <laughs> if I could stop it, I would not. So yeah, there's a reason why I can't stop it. I'm not ready for that just yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. In the mountain, the high point. 
I love me some funny prints, so I chose my medallion. That was going to be my guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was so fun. I just... Very fun and a lot yeah. of, you know, not taking himself too seriously, you know. Uh, he's kind of an everyman there, because I think... Or every person can uh-huh. relate to maybe a soured relationship that you still kind of think fondly on. Uh-huh. And you want to stick with it, even though it's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mountain is jukebox with a heartbeat. Oh, okay. And something about it is so infectious and catchy, and it never gets old to me. Like I spent yesterday listening. I listened to it three times in a row while I was outside. Uh-huh. I just love the way it sounds. It's got a great sound to it. I love the production of it. The Lynn drums are back, and it really works well with the chanty kind of chorus delivery. And I also think it deserves more credit because it wasn't at least made available as a download you know you had to get the full the full song was part of that npg audio number nine right so if you had the software and a minimal skills you could edit it out and Uh and get to it but i don't understand why it wasn't a included as a single download too and like we said it fits so well into the high album concept yeah and i find it to be a good example of prince preaching about the same stuff about radio the record industry and this is kind of in a unique way. Like, yeah. As an artist, I'm not going to pay a machine to play my music that, right. I'm, that I'm creating yeah. and offering <laughs> yeah. for you I to play. I already made it. You get to play it for free. Yeah. And I think that that's what led to led Prince to do surprise radio appearances mm-hmm. and, re- and get release songs like Hot Summer. Hot Summer. Just wait and see. Hot Summer. By calling into radio stations and sending them a track and then, you know, building hype for it by being there for the song to be premiered. Uh-huh. And then, of course, the song disappears and right. never, never is available. <laughs> um, but it kind of led to his approach to radio. Right. All right. Next time. Next time. Well, we're sitting here recording this on July 25th. 2021 waiting anxiously for july 30th which is the release of welcome to america we've got the deluxe edition coming Mm -hmm. uh so we're going to be not the first ones to offer a review (laughs) of welcome to america because we were not offered an early release (laughs) despite all the multiple invaluable contributions we make to the prince community um so we're gonna take a week to soak it in and then do a review of the 12 track studio album welcome to america Mm -hmm. on the next episode looking forward to it we don't get to cover new music much no we don't and here's an opportunity yeah super fun so looking forward to it make sure you tell a friend because you know you have a purple friend that hasn't heard of us before do tell them because it's way more fun when you can listen with a friend Uh, rate and review wherever you get podcasts and until next time happy purple listening thanks for sticking with us